Eufy is sponsoring today's video. They reached out to me. I tested out their video lock. It is a game changer. I'm going to paint a picture for you for why I'm so excited to work with them. So you're getting home. Your arms are loaded with groceries or packages or boxes or everything. And your keys are in your pocket. This drives me nuts. This happens all the time. I upgraded to the Eufy video lock. Fingerprint tap i'm inside and honestly i also feel way safer it's got this awesome built-in camera so whether it's a package delivery or late night uber order i see exactly who's there right from my phone there are no more mystery knocks and the best part this thing was such a breeze to set up there's no wires there's no drilling uh, there's also no monthly subscription fees so if you are done fumbling with your keys because i definitely am search for eufy video lock or head over to eufyofficial.com slash video lock your front door, your sanity. I just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like Entrepreneurs on Fire, hosted by John Lee Dumas. Entrepreneurs on Fire stokes inspiration and shares strategies to fire up your entrepreneurial journey and create the life you've always dreamed of. Listen to Entrepreneurs on Fire or Success Story wherever you listen to your podcast. Today, my guest is Jessifer Zwick, the CEO of Simply Be Agency and the author of the number one best-selling book, Be, a no BS guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. Today, Simply Be Agency is an internationally award-winning personal branding firm with offices in Chicago and Nashville. Jessica has been a guest on top podcasts. She's been featured in top publications for her work around personal branding, such as Forbes, Create and Cultivate, and Business Insider, amongst others. She has also interviewed impactful leaders on her own podcast, such as Marianne Williamson, Daniel Laporte, and Rebecca Minkoff. Today, we spoke about how to build a personal brand that actually works, why gentleness is the new powerful, how to tap into the masculine side of being a female entrepreneur, and the feminine side of leadership. Oh my gosh, is that a great question? I, first of all, I'm so excited to be here and thank you for having me on your show. I, you know, what came through and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with it um, because everyone I think sees my, business and sort of story of success professionally, but who has made what, what moment really made me like who I truly am, um, comes down to, I believe a, a moment when I was 19 years old, I was born and raised Jewish. And I always, you know, I grew up in a very predominantly Jewish community. So I had never in my life stepped into a church. 
And in, um, until I was 19 and I was traveling Europe by myself, I backpacked the summer between freshman and sophomore year of college. And I was in Ireland touring alone. And my grandmother had just died three year, three months or so before. And I saw this chapel in this really small town in Kilkenny, Ireland. And I decided I'd go in as like a tourist. I'm like, I'm Jewish. I've never been in a church, but this is a tourist attraction. So I think I can go in. I remember like reconciling that in my brain. And I go in thinking that I would just stay for like five minutes and like look at it and leave. And I ended up sitting down in one of the pews and I felt my grandmother sitting next to me. And she was telling me that she had been looking after me and long story. I hadn't really grieved her when she died. I was sort of distracted with a, with an ex-boyfriend and um, I just remember her holding my shoulders and me weeping and crying and mourning my grandmother for the first time. And, you know, it's, it's really, it was a, the dawn of my kind of spiritual awakening. Like it doesn't matter if I'm Jewish or Christian, or this is a house of, of spirit. And it really set me on a path to deepen my spiritual journey, which is really the core central focus and sort of guiding light in my life. And yes, I've created a lot of success professionally, but it's my core, that's really what I think I'm here to do um, is sort of spread that message of light. So that that is really the catalyst that made me who I am to me um, versus what I think you know, the market sees. And that, that, uh, that moment when you felt very spiritual, um, how does that, how does that tie in to the message that you put out into the world about authenticity? Why did you need to find yourself before you were able to truly put yourself out there? And I think in turn, create a message and even marketing material and all that superficial stuff that actually resonates with people. So, you know, I I used to run a, a different business. So Simply Be, my company is my second company. And my first company was an online magazine for women in the city of Chicago, which, which I ran for seven years. And we built this major brand and we were super cool. And we got applications every week for people who wanted to work for us and brands wanting to work with us. We amassed this huge audience um, in Chicago. And it was, it was sort of like, you know, Refinery29, but for women. And this was sort of, the, we were like the original food and fashion blog in the city of Chicago and blew up in the Midwest. And that really put me on the map as an entrepreneur, right? This was from like 2008 to 2014, I ran the business. And I write about this in my book, B, I talk about this often. The The whole thing was sort of um, like founded on sort of a, of a lie. Like we were so, we were struggling inside that business so hard. We were, my business partner and I, we kind of hated each other. We were super toxic. And yet we were preaching women empowerment, like to the, to the masses. We had no money. We were broke. We could barely afford to pay our employees, let alone ourselves. I was sick physically mentally and while I was partying I was going on like five six nights a week like super super unhealthy on all of the levels and yet I was like quote-unquote successful and you know in demand and sparkling from the outside and and so that was really 
um, at the end of that business, when my inauthenticity caught up with me and I completely crashed rock bottom, financially broke hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt has to, had to ask my parents at 33 years old to help me pay my phone bill. Like it was, um, a rock bottom for sure. And so when I started simply be my company, I, I had no other choice to be honest with you, Scott, than to show up authentically, like to really take my story. And I was just so sick of the lie. Mm -hmm. And when I started to really tell the truth in my own ways, whether that was in my blog or sitting on panels or writing, you know, longer form Instagram posts about what I was really going through, something shifted and I was able to, to pierce through to my community and to my potential clients to, you know, the media, like in a completely different way. And, and, you know, I believe that branding is an emotional experience and it has to be clear and we have to have that razor sharp, but at the same time, deep, impactful message designed in a brand, whether that's in a look and feel or a story or a message or a slogan. And so that's really what informed Simply Be and our approach to how we build brands. That is all about authenticity. Um, but you have to, at the same time, have that, that clarity. And I think that we've accomplished that really well with our company and our clients' brands and, you know, my brand. And I, and I don't think I can talk about authenticity as much as I do without having that experience of, of what being inauthentic really did to me in my life. So then... So I think that's a very powerful lesson because I think a lot of people probably fall into the trap of the, that you fell into when you built your first business. And I think that's actually a huge issue with entrepreneurs because everybody wants to portray this ideal entrepreneur, uh, uh, almost like caricature of what they think it should be and at least a depression and anxiety. And, and in some cases, like the, the business fails because you're so caught up in how you want to be perceived as opposed to what's actually going on in your life. So when you dealt with this and you had this um uh this moment where you hit rock bottom and you built this company back up again you're more authentic but being authentic on social uh that's like one piece of it so how did you build the entire business up very differently than when you first built up uh, i guess like an inauthentic business yeah that's, i love that question so it started with my culture. It started with my values. So I was a business of one, me, one person. And then I hired a contractor who is now my VP of marketing and my co-founder, but this was six years ago. And I, I decided I was going to write like a, like a company manifesto again, just me and Alexa, who was uh, $2,800 on, on contract chase quick pay, you know, like she, <laughs> yeah. and she was full time. And, um, I created core values. I created, um, cause I had taken a jaunt into corporate America for two years. So the whole other story, but they were a massive billion dollar company and they had quote unquote core values and they meant nothing. The company mm -hmm. was completely toxic. And so I decided that I was going to create my core values, but they weren't going to just mean something. They were going to mean everything and be the bedrock of the DNA of how we run this business, which is rooted in core values of being relevant, being extraordinary, being in service, being true and being kind. And that is now our, that has been our, our rock of success. I truly believe that having that written into the DNA from day one has allowed us to have the right messaging, attract the right clients, attract the right talent, 
let go of the wrong talent, let go of the wrong clients, you know, really orient to how we do business on a day-to-day level, how we treat each other. And, you know, I've, listen, I started this business as a one woman shop six years ago, and I have a staff of 30 people. I've really grown and stretched and learned. And it's, it's been one of the most difficult and beautiful journeys of my life, becoming a CEO of a company like this. And is it a perfect science? No, but that has been my number one priority, frankly, no matter what is the the values ensuring that we are authentic from the inside out. I say this all the time to my team. We can't preach love, light, authenticity, and have anything but that inside the four walls of our organization. And that has really been, I think, the secret sauce to my success. So so authenticity in a business, is that radical candor? It like how do you unlock that in people? Because you unlocked it in yourself. But it's like, it's very scary, right? Like if you ask anybody, um, be authentic and go on social media, like they usually, (laughs) they have good intentions, but then they put, again, they put on this like persona. So in a a company as well, like that's, that's always like nerve wracking to be authentic, to, to tell your boss what you really feel, um, which I think is the most important thing. That's why radical candor is such a great concept, but how do you actually get the employee to um, have that psychological safety to say what they want to say to voice their opinion to tell you when they feel that you're wrong whatever because all that has that all like is like that's all authenticity right all that all that type of communication yeah i have so much to say about this first of all love about a radical i make i make my entire company read that that's one of my favorite books kim scott the the author and founder was on my podcast and i told her i'm like getting you on my podcast is more exciting than getting gwyneth paltrow on my podcast like she's my hero Scott, the woman who wrote that book changed my life, changed my career. Um, so we, we practice radical candor, although it is, is challenging, right? The concept of radical candor is being able to challenge directly and care deeply at the same time. And, and not everybody has that muscle. And so a couple, a couple things, I think it's really important to hire really good managers, really good leaders that at the very least know how to do that, know how to practice radical candor. And I've got some phenomenal managers at my company that really read that book, love that book as much as I do and practice it with their teams. I think you have to be as the leader, as the tip of the spear, um, available and able to take feedback yourself, you know, and to create that safety with your direct reports so that when they manage up to you, because managing down side to side, is a is a skill but i think managing up is an even harder skill and so i as the ceo have had to create that psychological safety to use your words with the people that directly report just to me and that's not 30 people that's four that have really been able to deepen their trust and safety with me that you know comes from me taking accountability me being open to feedback and hard conversations me making time to have those one-on-ones um we also have, we also follow the book Traction, which is another great book that I love by Gina Wickman. It's the entrepreneurial um, operating system. And every 90 days we get together as a team in a full day offsite. And, and we've made it a priority. It's a ton of time for my team to do that quarterly. My whole team does that. And I always do a CEO report at the top of the day. And I reiterate a lot of our values in that. And we've got something written into our handbook called Gossip is Gross. Um, because that's really what was the demise of my first business. That was trauma from my high school and middle school days. Like gossip is not allowed at Simply Be. And if you 
at the very least have an issue with someone else in the company, which is bound to happen because we're all people, you have two options. You have one, you go to your manager about it to help you resolve it. If you're, if you're struggling with another peer or you're an adult and you go directly to that person and you have that difficult conversation, but you cannot talk shit and poison the well and create a, a gossip train or you're yeah. out. Like I, I will not have that. And I reemphasize that point, Scott, every 90 days. And it's really beautiful. Like my team will come to me and be like, I'm struggling. I know gossip is gross and blah, 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 blah about this person. Like they're very aligned to that policy. Cause I've, I've kind of like beaten it into their heads and I live it. You know, you have to be the example as the leader. I think that's my last point at the end of the day, you can't expect your team to do anything you're not willing to do yourself. So, um, that is, you know, hopefully the answer to your question. It's a really good question. It's a, it's a, it's a tough thing for leaders. It's, it's easy to say it's tough to do, right? Because again, like to your point, like we're all human. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show, 
Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And it's it's very um, it's very uncomfortable to have these conversations. Has there been any... And I just sort of like because your organization lives it and because you had such a negative experience that sort of led to you championing this in your organization. Has there been any drawbacks? Has there been any um, 
times where the business has side railed or a project has like gone askew or um, maybe information that shouldn't have been shared was shared? Like, has there been any negatives at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not, I've not created utopia over here. It's a business and it has its own issues. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that just like with any company, listen, like, one of like my when favorite, you adopt this, like, what do you have to worry about? Like, what do you have to watch for? Like the, the almost like the red flags, if you're going to adopt this mindset, which is a good mindset, but you see, you see what I'm saying? I just want people to understand what they're getting themselves into so that they're prepared. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's like, it reminds me of my favorite marketing term, which is one of my favorite marketing terms, which is when you, when you try to be everything to everyone, you will be nothing to no one. Like that's just marketing one-on-one. And so when we build our culture, which is our brand, which is like any brand, you have to take a stand. You have to be willing to not be for everyone. That's a beautiful thing. And so when I crafted my culture and created this environment, I recognize that it's not for everybody. You know, we are very high vibe. We're very loving. We're very awake. We're very spiritual and conscious here. That's me. Started this conversation with my story in the church in Ireland. Like I have had that, that is unapologetic here. And honestly, not to sound like I have this other phrase, like vibe up or vibe out, right? So we're vibing up all the time. Like we are like growing. Our business has been like a rocket ship. I'm very blessed. And with that has come attrition, Scott. Like not everybody can ride. I actually heard a statistic. This is a good one from a really respected entrepreneur. I know Dan Martell. I saw him speak this year. Um, and he said, if your business is growing 20% or more year over year, you're going to lose 95% of your people every five years. It's just like the nature of a high growth company. Like people just, they come in, they help you get from A to B, but they're not necessarily the people that are going to get you from B to Z, right? And different people will help you, you get from B to J and then from J to Q, you know, like you have to just accept that not everybody can be with you in that current moment. And so what I, what I really look out for, however, is like, you know, negativity, not to say that we're like toxic positivity over here, but we, we do live a, a, an energetic, high vibe, passionate, authentic, deeply loving, very open culture. And that doesn't make people always feel comfortable like that. People don't buy it. It's not their style. You know, that it's just not the way they look at the world. Fine. Simply be might not be the place for you. And I typically suss that out pretty quickly and I don't hire them or they're here for a short time. Um, you know, the, the problems I've had is when people stick around too long that aren't aligned with the culture and they create some toxicity. And, you know, that that's just what comes with the territory when you're building a company. No place is perfect. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, if you're anything like me, your 2023 is probably off to a pretty busy start. As a leader, it can be challenging to align your teams on a shared mission and goals for the year. But with HubSpot CRM, you can keep your marketing, sales, operations, and service teams in sync on one powerful platform that grows with your business and leaves your competition in the dust. Capture leads, boost sales, engage customers, all from one powerful platform. Tools like a unified contact record, help desk automation, and customizable reporting make it easy to unite your team around a single source of truth, which means you can spend less time managing your software and more time connecting with your customers. 
Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better in 2023 and get a special offer of 20% off on eligible plans at HubSpot.com slash successpod. Um, and I wanted to, so you've built this incredible culture, this incredible company. I, I find it fascinating when you see an agency that's not only um, succeeding, but like they're, they're absolutely killing it because agency work is hard. Agency work is always very hard. And I, <laughs> I have friends that own agencies and I don't understand why they got into it in the first place because it just seems like so many moving parts. It's a, it's a people focused business. It's, it's like, you have like all these scaling issues. Um, I come from a software background, so it's like very different, but how do you make an agency? How do you make an agency that actually can differentiate itself, can scale? Like what are all the things that if somebody is listening to this and owns an agency, they should take away from how you've built simply be, is it, is it the culture that allows your company to flourish? Is it more tactical? Is it, what is what is the differentiating factor that separates you from like the two billion other agencies? I want to hug you for this question. This is an amazing <laughs> question. Speaking to my soul, Scott. You know, I I, 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 call, I called my business. So I have a little tattoo on my wrists. Okay, it says "Simply Be." I started this business as a one-woman shop. This was inspired. This inspired the company name, and I added the word agency to it because I thought it sounded good, like simply the agency, not really knowing myself six years ago what I was signing up for, right? Because I was just really good at marketing and branding and I was consulting with people. And then my clients kept coming and coming and coming. And then I was like, then they're like, can you help me write my blog? Can you help me do the PR? Can you help me execute the social? And I was like, sure, I can just bring on some freelancers to help outsource. And then we became five full-time people and then in the, and now we're a full service, literally full service agency. So I've been kind of making it up as I've gone along and so, to answer, and like, it's, it's a beast. It is no yeah. joke, a, a business model that isn't for everybody, for sure. You yeah. have to have your process in place, your systems and efficiencies in place. So we use a software called teamwork, which is all about project management and time tracking. Your team has to be trained and onboarded into that effectively and efficiently. There has to be capacity planning tools and, and accountability markers that your managers know how to ensure that your teams are being utilized, right? Because we're in the services-based business and time is money, right? And so how do you, how do you actually have metrics and measurements? Why an agency? <laughs> Why an agency? It's a really good question, Scott. It's a million dollar, multi-million dollar question. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I didn't mean to become an agency. I just I I called my business simply be agency, named after my tattoo on my wrist, simply be agency, because I thought it mm -hmm. sounded cute, not really knowing at all what I was signing up for back in the day. I mean, I started the business six years ago as a one-woman shop. And I was really consulting mainly on marketing and branding, which felt really good. But then my clients kept asking me for more and I kept getting more business. So I needed to hire people who could help me. And it was, you know, executional requests. Like, can you ghostwrite my blog? Can you help me with my Facebook lives? Can you help me with my PR outreach versus just helping them with the strategy? And so things just sort of naturally unfolded and we became, you know, a bigger team and then a bigger team and then, you know, a full, a full size sort of boutique team that is now, you know, structurally organized across different departments of content, creative PR and account services. And I've had some really amazing advisors, executives come in helping to really structure 
what an agency needs to do and, and how it needs to operate, which is a very specific kind of operating model. And, you know, we've grown so fast, like my business has really exploded and it's, it's not been like picture perfect. It's been a little messy, frankly, and we've had to really catch up with the growth by bolstering it with process and, you know, metrics and time tracking and account management. I really think that the linchpin of an agency is account management, like pro internal project management, ensuring that you're managing you know, scopes like dollars to hours, because that's the business we're in and that's how you make money. And so that has been its own journey for us. But right now we're really hyper-focused on prof profitability, pro which is all dependent upon process. And if you can get your products right, your clients, your client target market, right? Like you can't be a Jill of all trades, Swiss mm -hmm. Army knife. As much as you might want to be and can be, you have to really find your lane um, with your products and services and then build process around that, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, get the right people to drive it. And, you know, I, I believe in the power of a brand, power of strong mm -hmm. culture, and you can really, I think, scale. And, you know, we've done that. We've not done it beautifully and perfectly every day, but we've, we've done it for sure. I, I think that agencies are probably the most unforgiving business model yeah. because because you you even even the the profitability is significantly less than if you had a software company so like the scope all the all the things that could go wrong in a business that you may not even notice are going wrong to later on in a lot of other types of businesses agencies it's like the second something is slightly creeping out of scope and it's not perfectly dialed in you start, you'll, you'll notice it immediately. So the question is, what are, what are the biggest, what is the, the biggest issue that an entrepreneur would have in a business? Like, what have you noticed in your business is the number one thing that can basically uh, screw over an entrepreneur, can stop their business from growing, can derail the whole thing? Because I think that you will have seen it much earlier on than somebody else who, for example, is running a software company, is spinning up SaaS and AWS server, excuse me, and maybe they'll they'll notice the thing that you noticed in month one, maybe they'll notice it in a year. So what is that thing? I mean, I think you have to honestly find the right, it comes, it comes down to your people. Like, you who you hire in those initial stages, and I think this does go for any company, has to one put you in your genius zone as the founder and like really take things off of your plate so that you can grow the business. Like that to me is like step one if you're looking at hiring up a team. And also though, really truly clients expectation setting. Like I wanted so badly to just win the business that I would say yes to things I really fully couldn't follow through on just because I'm scrappy and innovative and I'll figure it out as I went along, but that's not scalable. And so being willing to say no to business and turn down the wrong clients to set you up for scaling with the right clients is really, really hard because that's like money you're turning away is at least, at least it's how it feels, mm -hmm. but it's a short-term loss for a longer term gain. And I really, I think it just comes down to people finding the right people to work with in your company and finding the right people to work without, with outside of your company or your, your clients, your, your mm -hmm. partners. And if you can be discerning from day one, um, you're gonna, you're gonna be in a much better position. 
um, one of the one of the points I always find it interesting. You know, when you work with, uh, so I was I was speaking to your to your your executive assistant, and and they sent over some talking points. And sometimes I like go with them, and sometimes I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll I'll do my own points. But one of the points that was actually written down, which I find interesting, because I don't really understand it, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you what it means because there's a lesson in there somewhere, and I want to unpack what it actually means. So. One of the points that your team sent over that we should chat about is how to tap into the masculine side of being a female entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I have how to what what in the world does that mean? I don't even know how to ask a question around that. That's why I had to like give the whole backstory because there's no in no world where I understand how to actually ask the right question that would give a good answer. So why is that important? Why is that one of the things that you know you want to speak about? And what does it actually mean for somebody who's listening? I love this. So the masculine versus the feminine is really what I want to zoom up and talk about before I can answer that. So the masculine and the feminine aren't man and, and woman. They're not, they're not a gender. They're an, an energy and, and values basically. So the masculine is valued based upon some key energies of assertion focus, action, doing, problem solving, linear thinking, um, firefighting, you know, um, protecting, right? These are like the, this is a, a masculine vibration. Women and men both embody that. And we have societal values on that, right? And it's, it's again, less about a person and more about how we show up in the energy. The feminine values are rooted in empathy and compassion and stillness and beingness and slowness and doing and um, beauty and flow, right? And I think that women ha have a um, an opportunity. And when I when I wrote that down, I'm really speaking to women and not to say that we, we can be in symbiotic relationship as men and women with both the masculine and the feminine. But I think women have to grow a muscle in business to be less apologetic for being strong and assertive and bold and and linear thinking and pr protective of their keep and non-emotional and not to say that being emotional is distinctly feminine like we all have emotions but one of the things that i pride myself on frankly um, is my ability to do that is to be in my masculine savvy as a businesswoman and make moves and make hard decisions and put out fires and think strategically and literally and sometimes compartmentalize and step into what I would call situational leadership, where I have to put away how I feel about a situation to get the job done, even if it's uncomfortable. And so that's a muscle inside of a lot of women that I see that they they can work on because we are innately feminine because we're women and we're deeply feeling and we are, we care a lot. We, we lead from our hearts and not saying that men don't, but we want to be more in that, um, that space that comes naturally to us. Mm -hmm. And that is really what I want to coach women on and, and help women see that you don't have to sacrifice your good hearted, kind, empathetic soul to be a leader. And it, it calls you forward into a new state of empowerment, actually, when you're able to find those masculine values within yourself and to truly embody them. And I think that's a great lesson. So I actually think to your point um, that you sort of alluded to those, those um, uh, characteristics, I think that it actually extends to both men and women because women can lean more into their masculine characteristics and men should lean more into their 
feminine characteristics. And I think that that's actually some of the feminine, I put that in air quotes, characteristics that men don't necessarily champion as much. I think that's actually, um, that that's a, I'm, I'm blanking on the word right now. It's, it's, um, it's the reason why men uh, in some positions are not as effective as women leaders. So I think that actually some of those feminine characteristics, um, when you actually see those characteristics implemented at a C-suite level, like the empathy and, and all these different things that will actually tie to tangible, positive business outcomes that I think need to be seen more often. And that's why you actually look at data point statistics at like companies that do have women in C-suite are more effective. Like everything, every KPI that they want to accomplish all the way down to the most important, which is like revenue, profit, all that stuff. All of that is amplified when you do have women at the top. So I think that, yeah, it's straight. Like, I think that the point is, of course, women can be at the top and they should be, but also men have to understand why it's a benefit to embrace some of those characteristics. And then also for women to get to the top, I think they also have to understand that there's some reason why men champion those characteristics and why those are effective for a portion of business as well. So I, I actually love that point. And I think that that's something that has to be discussed more often. So I appreciate you bringing that up. But I also want to double down on uh, what not just women embracing more male characteristics, but also let's speak about some of the benefits of women leadership. Some of those those women characteristics, female characteristics that maybe, you know, as a guy, I don't think are valuable. I'm saying that again, sarcastically. I think they're very valuable, but many, many men may not think that empathy has a place in business, right? So that's what I want to go into now. So let's speak about um, women in leadership, some of the characteristics that do come innately to women. Um, and why those are so beneficial for a business? Well, I think this question is actually incredibly timely given the world that we're living in and the world of business. Coming out of a post-pandemic culture and work world, it is an employee-driven work world. We are living in a time where the, the seats of power have flipped. Mm -hmm. And we have, you know, we've heard of the great resignation, the great reshuffling, quiet quitting, the whole thing, it's happening, it's real. And in order for your business to succeed, your business is your people. And you have to ensure that they feel valued and that they stay. And not just for retention's sake, but the, the uh, impact that it has when you have a fully engaged employee to your bottom and top line revenue is, is felt and seen and executed against every part of their job. And so um, people who think that like culture and empathy and making your team feel good and valued and seen is not worth your time. That's like saying that your time isn't worth focusing on your revenue. Your people are going to be what drives your revenue. And so I think understanding now more than ever that your staff needs to have a space they can come to where they feel safe, where they feel seen, where they can express themselves, where they can, you know, be held in whatever they're experiencing outside of work. Like that is not necessarily even a feminine quality. I think that's a human quality mm -hmm. to be able to create an environment like that. And so dudes who are listening, who aren't, you know, as empathetic, who want to just drive their business forward. Or even like they shut off for some reason, they feel like showing empathy is a weakness and they feel like they, they almost go the extra mile to shut off that part of their personality. I mean, I think that it goes down to just what people are comfortable, comfortable with based on like who they are and where they came from and how they were raised. But I think that when you lead a team, when you lead a company, it is the it is the most incredible personal development school of your life and your business. And I, I firmly believe this to be true will grow more if you grow as a person. 
And I think the best way to really stretch your capacity and, and step outside of your comfort zone is in dealing with people and stepping forward into the type of leadership that has um, feeling <laughs> involved at its core. And I think at the end of the day, makes you a, a far more attractive company to come work for. Um, that's what that's what people are looking for today. They want to work for people who care. Amen. And it's going to become even more important now that uh, people have opportunity to work anywhere. I mean, Correct. every everything about remote work and all that, it's all just pushing towards the best company wins and the best company is the one that cares about its people. That's, that's what business is at the end of the day, right? People coming together, trying to build something. So people have options now. So you got to you got to get your shit together. You got to be a better leader if you want to attract the right people. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, I'll, I have one question I ask at the end of every interview and we'll go there in a second, but before uh, we close this out, any final thoughts? Um, so, so floor is yours. Final thoughts for listeners, any last bits of advice you'd like to give over and then uh, make sure you drop all your socials where they can get your book, all that stuff. Awesome. I mean, People think of personal branding as something that only like egomaniacs do or like Tony, the Tony Robbins of the world want or need. Um, we don't work with anybody like that at Simply Be. You know, my philosophy is a personal brand is a universal business tool that will take you from where you are today to the end of your career because you're going to do a lot of different things, but you're always going to be you. And so when you architect a personal brand that is rooted in authenticity and service, not you know what you can get and all the likes and the followers, that will only come if you're showing up and adding value and people do business with people, not products, logos, and company websites. So when you really are putting yourself out there in a way that is strategic and clear and authentic at the same time, I don't think that there's a better marketing vehicle that people can have today in today's business world than a personal brand. So get the stigmas out of your mind that it's for those that only care about, you know, image and, and projection, but really uh, those that, that want to make a bigger impact. And that's, that can only be done by people. So that's my one, two on those final words. And I've got, you know, a bunch of places you can come find me. I'm, um, you know, would encourage you to go simply be to check out my business. You can go to jessicaswig.com to learn more about me. I have a very active Instagram at jessicaswig and I'm very active on LinkedIn as well. So. Okay, perfect. Um, and then also like we didn't even, honestly, we didn't even go into this because we ran out of time, but like you have a ton of of great advice on building personal brand, which is actually like we spoke about the business you built and all the lessons for entrepreneurs, which is highly valuable. We should like 100% in the future um, do something just on personal brand. Cause that's like a, that could be like another probably like hour plus long conversation yeah. just on all the different nuances of personal brand and, and the type of content you create and how to do it properly. So looking forward to a part two. Um, okay. Uh, and last question I ask everyone, uh, you've had an incredible career. You've built, uh, you've built your own personal brand out. You've built Simply Be. Um, you've achieved all the success. But what does, at this point in your life, success mean to you? Success to me means peace. It means the day, a day filled with nourishing, soul-giving activities without having to stress and work and be in the fire, you know, which is, um, what you kind of have to deal, deal with when you're building something. But I used to think success, you know, I'm building a house right now. I've, you know, I've got a, a nice kind of 
life I have built, but my, my truest moment where I feel like I've quote unquote made it is when I'm sitting with my husband and my two dogs on the weekend, like with nothing to do. And I can be present and embody a sense of peacefulness because being an entrepreneur is kind of anything but peaceful. So the more I can cultivate that experience in my life, that that to me is really how I actually, as of this year, have redefined what success means to me. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. 
This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 